0: you're all that we're after I just want to encourage everybody that literally i i feel like even after last week, listen, I could go on and on with this just one... It could be a series forever, face-to-face, just forever, right? Because the Lord himself wants us to encounter him every time we go to prayer, every time we open the word. Remember those things that I shared last week, and I want, us to, I want to just focus on face-to-face with the Lord in, in the area of transformation. How many know we need to be transformed so that we can be good for the master's use? We don't need leaks, Come on, cracks. The Lord wants to take care of all the cracks in your life. And he wants you to be just moving in, a, in, a, in an unbelievable way. And I, I truly believe that even as we're praying for the sick here today, and we prayed for Jackie's family, I believe that the spirit of breakthrough is coming and is already at, at large in, in New England. And so th- at some point, there's going to be a people that will rise up, that will be filled with the power of God and the presence of God. But as I mentioned last week, I believe there's an area of transformation in in the reason why we don't see the results that God is looking down at the earth and saying, who's the one? Are you hearing me? And I truly believe that God is about to transform the church into a glorious church that looks just like him. Come on, somebody. We're, we're a little banged up. We're a little out of order. We're a little, you know, fractured here and there. But I believe this that the Lord is going to change and transform us into his, into his image and likeness, and that we will see the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. And so I'm, I'm here to encourage you today in the place of transformation. Because if I, if I go to the scriptures and I begin to search the scriptures and listen, <laughs> there's so many things that are so, we could go into just transformation and it would be exhausting. You wouldn't be able to deal with all the things that I would have to share today. But I believe this, you know, Ephesians tells us this, that Ephesians 1 and verse 3 says, blessed be the Lord of our, the Lord, blessed be God And the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And that is a truth. And it's it's a proclamation and a promise. It's even a principle. But it's also a prophecy to you. Are you hearing me? And I believe that God is wanting the church and every one of you in this room... And those who are listening online and those that will listen later, I believe this, that the Holy Spirit is calling you to a place of transformation and it will only come through a face to face encounter with the Lord. Now the question is, do we have have the wherewithal to study the word to show ourselves approved? Because what did I tell you last week? I talked about the, the word transforming us. And an encounter transforming. So we need to see him in the word. I'm going to give you a little review. We need to see him in, in the scriptures, in the holy scriptures. How many know the word is holy? And God has given us an opportunity to step into the scriptures to meet him. And I truly believe this, that the Lord is bringing an invitation to everyone in this room that our lives would be filled with the Word. Like filled and like He would crowd us out in a, in a sense. That He would overwhelm us with, his, with the person of Himself in the Word. And He desires that every one of us come into this place of every spiritual blessing. Are you with me? And, and I'm, I'm telling you... As a prophetic proclamation over your life, that the Holy Spirit has that place for you, yet you've yet, yet to find the fullness of it. Second Peter, verses one, uh, chapter one, and verse two says, "Grace and peace be multiplied to you." How many were walking in that grace and peace that's multiplied to you in the knowledge of God? See, Peter gives us this. This understanding that we need to walk in the knowledge of God. It's not the knowledge of book knowledge. It's not even the knowledge of even being able to exegete Scripture. Hello. It's in the knowledge of God. And maybe some of that exercise does come through the exe- you know, studying the Word and, and you know, opening it up and diving in, deep dives into Scripture. I love that. But I'm telling you God has given us an invitation to go into the knowledge of the Lord of God and of the Lord and of Jesus, our Lord, as His divine power has given us all things pertaining to life, all things. It's not half the things. It's not I get half the blessings. I get all the blessings that He speaks of in Ephesians chapter one and verse three. Every spiritual blessing. And I feel like we've come to a, a point in, in our walk. I'll just say the whole entire body of Christ. Because some have walked in the fulfillment of some of these things. Hello. Yet still they, they were just merely humans. Come on. You're all just human. But that's not an excuse to say I'm just human. Because the Bible here says that you're about to reveal the divine nature of Jesus Christ in all of who He is in the earth. And I'm telling you that there will be a generation that will rise up in the fullness of that, that have been given into this life of divine inheritance, walking in the fullness of life, in the fullness of Christ. Why? Because He says it in His Word. And we don't just take those things from the Word and say, oh, I already walk in it. That's, pre- that's being actually, that's assuming something that you're not fully walking in. And that's why I say that transformation is really, really important. Because the reason why we don't manifest the fullness of God's presence in our lives, the fullness of God's presence. every wouldn't say fullness. I'm telling you, there's a fullness that God is trying to bring us into. It's the fullness of Jesus Christ, and he modeled it on the earth for us. And so I want us to just have this perspective today that God can do whatever he needs to do to transform my heart and my life right now. And I don't don't whip it all up to be about one Sunday service, but I'm telling you, God wants to release increments of his glory and his presence And as I spend time in His presence, that is where I'm changed. There is no transformation that happens in my life without the Word and without Him. Okay, I'll put it like this. Without Him and with the Word. All right, vice versa. It doesn't matter. Either way, frontwards, backwards. It's always about Him and His Word. So if I don't have the Spirit of God, I will not be transformed into the image and the likeness of Jesus Christ. And so he desires these things for us. And, and I feel like we've all been given a check. It's a Listen, if a millionaire gives me a check and I go to the bank, well, I don't go to the bank. Let's just say I go to the realtor and say I want to buy a house and I've got the check. They don't care if I've got the check. They want to know, can they get it from my bank to their bank? You understand? We have a note in the word. Oh, you... You're missing it today. Come on. There are things that are written in the Word that you are called to, to cash in on. But there's something that keeps us back from that, and I'm telling you the means is transformation in your heart. Are you hearing me? Listen, if I look at certain people in the Scripture, if I look at certain people in the Scripture, Joshua, this is, these are not fairy tales, Joshua spoke and he stopped the sun. He he stopped it. We have a man, just merely a man, named Moses. I'm talking old covenant, guys. I'm talking old covenant promises that we don't even step into. We think we're all oh, we got the new covenant, we got everything, we got Jesus. Well, let's walk in some of the old covenant stuff and see what happens first. I'm encouraging you today, listen, there there are things, when Moses stepped in, a man, with stammering lips, he couldn't even talk, supposedly, and and the Lord said, just put the rod down. Just stretch out the rod. And the Bible says that the the sea went this way and that way. I don't know. See, sometimes I read my Bible and I really go into the story and say, God, where, I, where is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob today? I know he's the, he's the Lord Jesus Christ that came and brought me salvation, but I can walk in salvation and not walk in the fullness of God. You have a promise that you'll go to heaven, but God's, God wants to bring you into another place, and that's called the fulfillment of all things. Of everything that he's spoken in scripture. And so I just look at these people. Look at, listen, 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 listen. Noah, Noah had technology that we didn't have, what we still don't have. No, who's building a boat? Elon Musk isn't. Who's building a boat that can go in and take all the animals of the earth and take them and carry another family? And not capsize and crash or flip over when you've never seen a boat before in your entire life, nor rain for that matter. I'm just bringing us into a little biblical perspective because there's technology, there are things that God has. Listen, every businessman in this place, every person that goes to work in this place, every person who's not a businessman that doesn't even know that they're an entrepreneur yet, let me just say this, that God can give you one idea that will tra- just totally shift your life. And if you don't get, like, like Evan said, if you don't get fixated on trying to make all the money... Listen, my father, just in the paint business, used to get dreams from God that would bring him into, like, understanding of light and color and all kinds of crazy things and develop paint products that have never been seen. Now, we're not millionaires by that means, but I do say this, that he gave him technology and understanding of light, paint, and different things that the Holy Spirit gave him through dreams, Oh, everyone needs to just grab that because honestly, I feel like God wants to speak to you in ways that you don't have a grid for. Don't think about ice cream. But you don't have a grid for. The Holy Spirit wants to come to you and reveal things to you for everything. It's for your, it's for your gifting. It's for all the things that he has for you. Ready? Let's just, I can't even get through Second Peter here. Hold on. But I just feel like, listen, we have to have our minds open. And if you have one thing in mind, like if sometimes we set our, our gaze on one place and God's trying to take us to another trajectory, and we don't see it because we've got our minds set on one thing oh, no, that's the job I want. That's the one. Or, no, this is the way that he told me to do. This is how he told me to build the ministry. And you're doing it by your own knowledge, your own understanding. Verse 3, as his divine power has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, through what? The knowledge of him. Who called us by glory and virtue, by which have given he have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Listen, we get these promises, and they are exceedingly great and precious. That in these, that in these, that through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having ex. Stop. There's, there's a. There's a there's a comma that says this, that we have to escape. We, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Right? So there's always a, a way that seems right to a man, but the end leads to death. The Bible says, actually, Jesus said, where the, the, where the carcasses are, the eagles gather. <laughs> It means where all things might be dead underneath us, the eagles are called to fly high and actually probably prophesy life to those things or bring those dead things back to life. Actually, he's talking about his return. But he's saying when everything looks dead below you, I'm looking for eagles that can fly above the situations that may be walking in in some type of prophetic insight that can speak life to dead things. It's in that same sentence where he says, when the Son of Man returns, it's like lightning coming from the east to the west. So as we get closer, as we grow closer to the day of the Lord, he wants us to have insight to the things that are ahead for us. I don't want to get too, like, earthly-minded so that I lose focus on the things that God wants me to do. Amen. And everyone in this room is called to step into the fullness of what he's called you to. And some of us put things on the burner. We're waiting for things to happen or things to line up before we enter in and engage in those things that God has already called us to. And listen, the reason why things don't speed up. Everyone say speed up. God, he wants to speed things up with, perf- with the life of God inside of you. Because, li- listen, we miss things, again, because we're not transformed in our minds. Oh, I'm telling you, if my mind is renewed, I run. And I don't grow weary. I walk and I don't faint. If my mind is renewed, I walked in another level of understanding. If my mind's renewed, I walked in knowledge that people don't know around me. But I have it, and you have it. Okay. Okay. I just feel like that God is wanting to pull a generation... Into like the wondrous works of God. But it's like right now, he's pleading the earth to come up higher. He's pleading everyone and every believer to come up to a higher place. He's pleading every one of, with every one of us. You know, I can go do evangelism. I, I said these things last week. I can, we can go do a bunch of things, but if God has not blown a blueprint on it, guess what? It'll work. In all my human efforts, things will work if I just, all oh, there's patterns. And I believe that God even gives us systems for churches, like to build churches. I believe that. But I, bet, I believe the best way is through the book of Acts, where it says, the Bible says that the place where they were shaken, where they gathered was shaken, literally, and then it says, then they, the believers multiplied. Why? Because God was there. And we try to get gimmicks to keep people in church and people, like, sustained. And, and, and like, feed nuggets. And I'm all for principles because God works through principles. But there's a higher way, I believe, that God wants to release his life into you. And that's through the, the living word, but it's through a prophetic unction. Listen, prophecy is real. The prophetic unction that is supposed to be behind the church is real. And we end up finding all kinds of ways to mess it up. Hello. Come on, get, get weird with it. Get spooky with it. And it turns certain people off. Actually, it turns most people off. Except for, like, the, the crazy charismatics that, like, go, go you know... Anyway, I'll stop now before I get in trouble. I love charismatics. I am one. I'm the head of you all. Come on. But I believe that we can get, like, if we're chasing, it's like, it's like we're chasing the dragon. It's like we're chasing something that we'll, you'll never have because Jesus is the one that you, you want. And I'm all for impartation. You know this, and I've said this before. But there is a reality that God wants to bring us into that comes only from the Lord Jesus it comes only through just be- being baptized in his word but the word and the spirit has to have like has to grip you and you need to be gripped by the spirit of god 2 Corinthians this is why I went here 2 Corinthians chapter 3 see because we we kind of have We're blinded and we're veiled. All right, we're just going to run through this. I wasn't going to read so much of this portion, but verse 7 starts. It says, if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious. This is what I was talking to you about before. Like it was glorious. Like Moses went to the mountain, encountered the Lord, and we see there's a manifestation of God's glory and transformation. It was the Lord that got his attention. And you can be anywhere and God will just get your attention. If you're paying attention. <laughs> Hello, wave your hand and say, I'm paying attention. paying attention. I'm paying attention, Jesus. Whatever you want to say, wherever you want to meet me. It doesn't have Guess what? Most of the times when I've encountered the Lord, it's not been in church or in a conference. I'm just being honest. Now, those are all good and I've received impartation. And I've received all kinds of things. But I'm telling you. There's a better covenant that the Lord wants to release to us. Ready? So that was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory on his countenance. How many want the glory of God on your countenance? All right, that's 10 people in the room. Come on. How many want the glory? Josh wants it. I'm telling you, there's there's a glory that's coming to the church that wants to be on your life that is to go in all the world. That means everywhere you've been sent. People in this room are sent to different spheres. And God wants the glory on your life. Not halfway. He wants the fullness. He wants the divine nature of who He is on your life in fullness. Not in weirdness. Although it may come off weird sometimes. Come on, you know you're a peculiar people. And you just better get used to it. Of which glory was passing away. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Come on, Paul's making a a distinction here, right? For the ministry of condemnation had glory. I mean, we had a glory conference. We had glory. We had some glory. I want more glory than that. That doesn't satisfy me. Because I need the glory of Jesus resting on my life, right? I need the Spirit of the Lord resting on my life, right? So for the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. That's good news. Because you're already walking in the righteousness of Christ. Yet you're not manifesting the fullness of the glory, I'm not speaking bad over you. I'm just saying the reality is the fullness of what God wants to release over your life has not been manifested yet, yet it will be. As you pursue him, as you look to him, as you encounter him, as you go into the word and deep dive with him, you will find the glory. And the glory will be reflected on your face, your countenance. Because when I look at him, I become like him. And the problem is we're looking at all kinds of other things and we're not looking at the Lord. And church is good. Come on, we have it every week. But I'm telling you there's something greater that the Lord wants to deposit upon the church in this hour, and it's this exceeding great and precious promise. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because the glory that, because of the glory that Excels. Everyone say excels. There's a glory of, there's an increase of glory that's coming to you as you continue to pursue the Lord and look to his face and become more like him. Listen, he gives us scripture for transformation in our lives. I believe this, that when I, I encounter him, I've had moments where he's done something in my inner man. But most of the time it's through the word all of a sudden lit up on me that when God lights himself up in the word, something hits me and changes me on the inside. And so our lives have to, they, it must reflect this, right? So then it says, for if, if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech... Come on, he's talking about the apostolic call and an apostolic anointing and a prophetic anointing being upon the church, right? Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. Listen, this is so powerful. If we think, I just want you to go there. I want you to, as I'm talking, I want you to see Moses coming out of the mountain, out of the mountain. The Bible says he went into the mountain and he came out of the mountain. Oh, we can't even go there. There is some place where God wants to bring you. It's within Zion. And those sons and daughters of Zion that are, that are emerging in this hour will reflect the very likeness of Jesus Christ. That means my character will be completely transformed. That means everything that I do will glorify Jesus. That means everything you do, <laughs> it's more than what you do in front of church people when you're at church. Come on, it's, it, it depends on what you did in traffic too, right? It depends on what you did, right? And, it's, and God wants to come into those spaces in your life. Look at me. You are sacred space for the Holy Spirit to have his way. You are called to live as a sacred one, filled with the power and the presence of God, that the Lord comes in and when he looks inside of you, he just begins to release the gold, and he begins to transform all that's inside of you that is not gold or silver, but it's wood, hay, and stubble. And he begins to burn those things outside of you. Come on. Where does that happen? That happens in the glory, it happens in his presence. That says, this is so. Su- This is so important, verse 14. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted. Mercy. Mercy. In the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ... But even to this day, when Moses, Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. Nevertheless, when one turns, ready, when one turns, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the, the Lord is Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Because we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being, come on, you're being transformed. You're being transformed into the same image, into the same image that is of Jesus. And so there has to be a something where the word hits your heart and something begins to change and shift. And I just declare it shift over everyone in here today. That God will begin to renew and, and move us into a place of transformation where we, begin, we, where we begin to look like Him and we begin to sound like Him and we begin to declare things that Jesus declared in the earth, not out of a religious way. Because it says here, that's what the Old Testament is, right? There, there became, there's a, a veil that comes from religion. Oh, Religious thinking brings veils. It's a religious veil that carves. Isaiah 25 and verse 7. I didn't finish that, but it says, just as by the Spirit of the Lord, right? So the Spirit of the Lord, this is super important. Remember that, mark that, the Spirit of the Lord. We're going to hit it at the end, and that's going to be the that's going to be our, like, match that's going to ignite what God's going to do today. I believe it. But it says this in Isaiah 25 and verse 7. And you read the rest of it. Listen, there's provision. There's good things. There's all this powerful stuff. But there was a, it's, it says that there was a veil over the nations, right? But in verse 7 it says, He will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over the people and the veil that spread over all the nations. Wow. Now listen. I'm telling you, the Lord wants to come and reveal himself. He will, he, he, listen, he is coming. He's coming to the earth. He's returning all full of his glory, but he's returning in his bride first. I don't have, hopefully I don't have any weird dominion theology in my life, but I believe this, that before the Lord's coming, the, the return of the Lord Jesus, he is going to have a church that is full of himself. Not full of ourselves, but full of himself. That begins to display his glory and it will bring the veil off of the nations. So that that which is dark will be seen for what it is. And that which is light will be seen for what it is. And so let it be in our lives that when we're flirting with darkness, God apprehends us and arrests us. Because he wants to change us. The purpose that Jesus came was to seek and save that which was lost. It's not just talking about lost people. It's talking about that which we lost in the image of the Son, That which we lost in reflecting Jesus in the earth. That which we lost in showing righteousness and holiness in the earth. That which we lost in showing the mercy of God in the earth. Because some of the things that I believe that the Lord is wanting the church to step into and to live by are the things that offend the people that won't come into church. So he's going to release. He's going to pull the covering back. He's going to just release. He's going to pull it, covering, cast over the people and the veil that spreads. So, but we also have this, Ephesians chapter 4. I'm just bringing you on a journey because we have darkened understanding. And I talked a lot about light last week. So I'm just I'm really hitting the same thing. God wants to transform us on the inside. And it means that any place that we have darkened our understanding is darkened that he's going to bring the veil. He's going to pull the veil off so that I see him for who he is because there's reasons why you don't see the Lord for who he is. Some of us have old old thinking patterns that have just held us back. I don't care what, you know, I do care. But I believe this, that the Lord is wanting to heal the entire being, every person in their soul. So we need to be healed in our minds, but we need to be healed in our souls. And so there's old things that happen to you that still derail you. And if something's derailing you, you need to pay attention to that. Are you hearing me? That the the Lord does not want you to be derailed by your past or past thoughts or, or the neurons that go in that place because of something that pops up all of a sudden and you have a response because of the way someone responds to you. Come on, I'm getting real. If all of a sudden I keep responding in the same pattern in the same way, he's looking to crucify that thing. That means makes it dead. He wants it dead. And so when I when I when I give the Lord full surrender in my life, He begins to come in in ways that I can't listen. There's things that church people have done to you, church people, that causes a response. Come on, I know y'all got quiet on that. It's called church hurt. I got burned there, or I, I trusted people there, or, or whatever. It's burnt, right? And you, when, when that wound gets touched, like we move fast. When the Lord came to already, He came to heal it. So, what keeps my mind darkened? Those type of things keep my mind and my heart darkened so I can't see the fullness of Christ. Oh, uh, you all right? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walked in futility in their mind. Futility in their mind. Okay? Having their understanding darkened. Being alienated, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them. Because of the blindness of their heart. Come on, guys. That's heavy. But guess what? It says here, I testify to the Lord that you should no longer walk. That means that you're called to walk in a higher level. That means that these things that darken our minds and darken our hearts to the fullness of God and the, and the full revealing of Jesus. God wants to take. He wants, us, he wants you to be caught up and taken away from it, Right? Because why? Because you live in heavenly places. You live in a higher spot. Who being, who being past feelings have given themselves over to the lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. Like, come on. Right? And I'm not, listen, I don't, I'm not saying these things because we're sin bent. Like, but I feel like God wants to transform things in your heart. And in my heart, because I'm standing here and preaching to you, it doesn't mean it's full inside of me. You understand what I'm saying? God has constantly got me on the scalpel. Shh, cut, cut, cut. All right? And he wants me to be in his image and his likeness. And he wants me to model it. To my family first, not to you. <laughs> right? To the world outside first, probably, more than the church. Come on. He wants me to be in the image and likeness of him, which I am. But the fullness of that is being darkened because I don't understand the fullness of who I am. And we probably need to go into a whole thing of face-to-face identity. Right? Because the Lord wants us to walk in the fullness of our identity so that we we don't go backwards. You're only moving forward. I said it before, we move, like certain people in here, we're moving a certain gift to an extent because of what we understand. Because your mind's not darkened. Right? So the illumination of God's Word and His Spirit on a certain thing in your life has given you victory in that area. Are you hearing me? And so in in this transformation process, God is wanting to bring us into that place every day on a new level. Because somewhere in the earth, God is going to raise up a people that move in, like, ridiculous power. And do I think that, that he'd, you know, he'll heal anyone at any given moment. But when a, when a, a certain understanding and revelation of healing comes into, a, into your spirit, man... That's why when all of a sudden you get a revelation of faith or, or, or miracles or something like that or deliverance in some way, right? God, boom, he pulls you into himself. And you receive, everyone say, a measure. A measure. This, is why, this is why Paul talks about everyone's received a measure of grace. And a measure of faith. But can we widen that? Can we widen the curve? Can we, be on, can we have like speed to get to those places? Yes, you can. I'm telling you, God is trying to transform the church in such a radical way right now. And I believe that it will, it, he will do it if you get on speed with him. If you, get on, if you just let him see, listen, I want to go here, God. And I will work it with not by striving, but by diving into the word and diving into him. And what happens is we get passive. It's passivity. And you think you're okay. I mean, I'm okay. You're okay. But I know this, that God wants you to step in deeper and further and not be held back by any of these thoughts, right? We always have something that will try and discourage us from going deeper in the Word. I said this before. Some of you are moving targets. If you're not moving targets in your body... Like constantly busy, you're a moving target in the mind. And God can't land on a moving target sometimes because he's trying to get your attention. But you're moving so fast, you don't stop and you don't yield to the Lord. Come on, I know this about myself because I can be thinking way ahead of him. And he's like, "Eh," pull back, slow down. I'll let that set into some people because, honestly, I said that to, see, to, to people that are probably moving fast. They're already thinking about something else, right? I just said it. But that's how it works, right? That's how it works. You're already on to the next thing. And even with the glory and the presence of God, and I love what God's been doing in here, but I just, I feel like God is like, stay the course. Face to face with me. This is the only thing you need. All we need is him. All I need is him. And that's not a cop-out. That's not a charismatic cop-out. It's like, all I need is Jesus, but I need Jesus in all of who He is. Because that we can just use as, oh, all we need is God, and all we need is this, and all we... No, you need all the fullness of who He is. Where was I? All I got to was fertility of mind. I didn't even get to the next verse. 18, having their understanding darkened, alienated. I did say that because of the ignorance that's in them and because of the blindness of their heart. Who being... Oh, I already read all that. Sorry, guys. I apologize. Verse 20 says, But you have not learned so in Christ." If indeed you have heard him and you have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Now stop there. What sets us free? Truth. (laughs) Caught you on that. Truth, which he is the way, the truth, and the life. But truth sets us free. It's the truth that sets you free. Paul said it. I just want you to think, you know, when Paul had his conversion, right, he was just, he was taking out the church. His mission was to take out the church. It's funny how God uses the one who's taking out the church to be the loudest voice for the church, right? So just think about this, you know, that the Holy Spirit came and the Lord himself just knocked him off his horse. Come on. Humility. We all need to be knocked off our horse now and then. And then he was blinded. So he couldn't see anything. And so this is a perfect picture. Why, did he, why was he able to see? I don't know what happened even in the 24 hours he was probably blind. But something powerful probably happened that we don't know about. I said that we don't know about. We get a portion of scripture, like we get man's version of what they're going to tell us and what the writers are going to tell us, but we don't know the fullness of what they experienced because for, it's impossible for someone to give the fullness of their experience in just a little thing, a little testimony. We think it's not a little, he, t- he says it over and over in the book of Acts. But the Bible says it's when Ananias came and laid hands on him and prayed for him, all of a sudden the scales went... So this is what we need to pray for, right? So that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to its deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you may put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. This is super good. This is super good news. That I get to walk in the true righteousness, the true holiness, and, and all of who God is. Why? Because I put off and I put on. I put off. You, you can't put on Christ over the old. This is why baptism is important. Like the real baptism, like I get baptized and something happens to me. Like, whew, I, get dr- like I drown the old man and come up at a resurrection life. Because there is, it's symbolic, yet we want to believe that every time we put people into the waters of baptism, that they lose something, their old life, and they come up in resurrection life. Amen? And so then, I put on Christ. That's why it was so important in the, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, right? They just immediately, have you been baptized? First, right off. So, baptism is super important, but let me say this the circumcision of the heart and that which it symbolizes in baptism is the most important part. That we give ourselves wholly to the Lord. And that when I go down and I say, Lord, I'm burying this, and you can do it daily. Because Paul said, I die daily. I die daily. So we know Romans 12, because there has to be a shift into something new, and that's the new mind, because he just said it here, renewed in the spirit of your mind, and he says it again in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, brethren, right? The mercies of God, I'm I'm a living sacrifice unto the Lord, but what's the purpose of that? That I'm not conformed to the world anymore. See, the Lord's trying to burn the world out of the church, He truly is. He's trying to get the world out of the church so that we can actually function well in the world. Did you miss that? He's trying to remove any way that we look like the world. And to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Now, listen. We all read that scripture over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. But he wants to manifest it inside of you. I forget who it was. I think it was Evan talking about like we're trying to squirm ourselves off the, off the altar. Right? Let's just stay on the altar and let the Lord renew us. Because if I leave my life on the altar, that means everything's His. Doesn't matter what I, doesn't matter what it is. He's got everything. He, it, when you made Him Lord of your life, you made Him Lord. It means I bow to Your Lordship. I give you everything. See, Corinthians, later in Corinthians, it says, for now I, we see in a mirror, in a glass dimly, face to face, right? Because I put away what? Childish things. So the Lord is trying to mature the church and bring us up to the one new man in the fullness of Jesus Christ so that what? Faith, hope, and love abide only. He talks about the gifts. But I just want to just park on this part about the spirit of the Lord coming upon the church because I need, I don't know about you, but I need God's spirit to rest on my life. Everyone in this room needs the Spirit of the Lord to rest upon their lives, right? And Isaiah 40 says this. It says in verse 13, it says, Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord or, or his counselor has taught him? With whom did he take counsel? And in whom instructed him and taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him in knowledge? And showed him the way of understanding. And this is, this is where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land on. Because I, I feel like the Lord revealed something to me in regards to Isaiah 11 and verse 2. And I know we use this, the seven spirits of God, as like this is going to propel us into successful ministry. <laughs> right? I'm going ha- to walk in the fullness of Jesus Christ, which is true. But can we do, can we just take it back up? I'm, I'm gonna crank it back into applying it to our lives. Because where the spirit of the Lord rests, right? It begins with the spirit of God resting on my life. Seven spirits of God, Isaiah 11, verse 2, and then the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Now let's just I just want to reel it in to say God wants to give you wisdom. On how to walk into wholeness. He wants to give you understanding on how to walk into wholeness. He wants to give you release, obviously, might. Power. He's given you power. Why? By the Spirit of God living on you. Living on you. But he gives you counsel and might. So he gives you these things to give us to line us up with where God wants to really take us and bring us into a, a phenomenal trajectory with God. But it comes by the Spirit of God resting on your life to give you counsel, understanding, wisdom, and knowledge. Come on, I'm a little teachy today, but I feel like the Lord, it's a key. I mean, we call it, The Lord wants to unlock something for your life. So when I have knowledge of what's going on in my life, not not trying to churn things up and trying to dig up the old man, but God wants to give you knowledge on how to walk out of sickness, disease, or any other thing that's afflicting you. Wisdom out of anything that's afflicting you. I'm saying this to a church, not to say that you're afflicted, but God is wanting to bring us into a place of transformation, and I believe it comes, it begins and ends here even. Because Jesus said in in Luke chapter 4, He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to do all the things that He did. Guess what though? He was already perfect. He was the pure, spotless lamb. And we come into the Lord and we've received salvation and God wants to pull us into this place of wisdom and understanding. Counsel with might. Like those three things and then releases might on your life so that you can be free. (laughs) In other words, I'm giving you keys for self-deliverance and then healing Like the Lord can do things through this one thing. I believe it with all my heart. That there has to be a devotion to seeking the Lord's wisdom, seeking the Lord's understanding, seeking the Lord's might. Are you with me? And then it ends with the fear of the Lord. Like the Lord, we have this utter passion, and we have this utter awe for who God is. And his divine nature being established inside of us. Because here's what happens. Usually, what's holding us back from the fullness of God manifesting in our lives is us being prideful. Just saying. Like pride is the thing that holds me back from giving myself entirely to the Lord. I can tell you that 100%. It is pride. Which was what? It was the root. That started a satanic conflict in heaven. It was pride that tried to buck against heavenly systems. <laughs> it was pride. I will be like God. And while I believe this, that the church is supposed to reflect. Obviously, honor and glorify the Lord. We've come into some way, somehow, especially in the charismatic movement, some places, that we are gods. And He says, You are gods, small g, meaning the presence of small Elohim is inside of you. But I'm telling you that the Lord is wanting to manifest the fullness of who He is through a humble servant. It's how He did it with Jesus, He's not changing the script. So we get tooting our horns about how we build, how we grow. And I'm not saying we don't take, I don't know. No, I don't think we do take any credit. I don't think we should take one bit of credit. I think it should all be before the Lord. And I feel like God wants to establish something even in this place, in that area. Like, God, we are ultimately all humbly before you. And we want you to come and just... Come in, and I ask for your wisdom, counsel, and understanding, and might. All tempered with the fear of the Lord. You see, the fear of the Lord is what tempers everything else. The problem is we've lost our awe. I just feel like that's the truth. Like there's a lot of, like the awe of God is lost. We had a couple people going down during offerings that were lying. Then we might get the awe back. But I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Wow, not even one person. I got three people laughed up front. I'm just saying. You understand that the spirit of God in the Old Test in the New Testament, like it was serious business, lying to the Holy Spirit. Lying in church, lying to church leaders, oh that'll that'll preach on another day. I'm serious no it's it's like cause the spirit of God wants us to be truth truth in the inner man. Come on, you know I was kidding about the offering thing, right? I hope so. People online are like, we're up click, turn it off. I want you to stand. Come on. Let's just pray. What's going to transform your life? Jesus. But we're going to invite the Holy Spirit. We're just going to invite transformation by the Spirit of the Lord to come. By the Spirit of God. I believe it's... Like this is the only way the Lord can come. Is if we invite Him. And I want you to just begin to pray. Don't wait for me. Just begin to pray. And you may say, even tonight, Lord, transform me. Just pray that prayer. Do you dare dare pray it? Transform me. Lord, transform me so that I can be a pure vessel that you can move through. Because I'm telling you, ah, just pray, just stay praying, just keep in prayer. I just feel like so much that the Lord is going to, and you guys can respond, you can come up, whatever you want to do. I'm not gonna, I don't plan on praying for people or anything, but I just, just make this whole place an altar. If I think about. Jacob when he came in to encounter the Lord and he got a name change it was because of the Lord it was because of the Lord It was because not because of a wrestling match it was because the Lord came and changed his name and some of you I believe the Lord is going to give you a name change may not be a physical name change, but I believe he wants to shift something in your character. I believe he wants to shift something in your inner man. I believe he wants to transform your prayer life. Listen, there's something about a a church that contends in prayer that will see breakthrough. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm in a spot where I just feel like God all of a sudden there's a lot of affliction on people's bodies, and I'm not, I'm not, that's not going too well with me. So I'm like, where 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 are we missing? What am I missing? So we're just gonna ask Holy Spirit to just come and transform us on the inside. So come on, lift your hands to heaven. A couple of you already do have your hands up. Lord, I thank you that you're removing veils even now. Come on, just begin to cry out to the Lord. Just... It's all right. It's good if there's a groan coming from the church. I'm just looking for a scripture. Revelation one and four it says Grace to you and peace from him who is and him who was and him who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Lord, we ask that, Father, you bring us into an encounter with you right here, right now. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for every way that you reflect just portions of the Father that you want us to embody, God. Lord, let your fire, the fire of your seven lamps, come into this room right now. Thank you for the spirit of the Lord. Thank you for wisdom and understanding. Thank you for counsel and might. Thank you, Lord. Just ask that you come.